been long, but the wait is finally over. We are about to find out uh, what the Hornets are going to do with the biggest decision they've had maybe in their franchise's history, and we're going to do it live here on YouTube.com. This is the Locked On Hornets podcast. Let's do it. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. <laughs> And this is the Locked On Hornets Live Draft Special 2023. I'm Doug Branson, co-host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm typically joined by the host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, Walker Mail. He is currently on WFNZ duty, but don't you worry, folks. He is uh, very represented on this show uh, here in the Kelly Trapuca uh, jersey bobblehead. So he's on the show. He he has to agree with everything I say on the show. Just nodding. Yes, man. This is perfect. This is awesome. This is amazing. Um, He gets to answer every question that I have in the affirmative. I'm also uh, joined by a great cast of characters here. I'm alongside the Sultan of Sneakers. He's a former co-host of the podcast. He's a sneakerhead. You know him. He is David Walker. David, where is your Scoot Henderson confidence meter as we stand, as we sit here at 7 p.m., an hour before the NBA draft? Yeah, I got to say, it's it's holding strong. <laughs> okay, uh, then. It's wow. a couple okay, times. It, it seems to be flipping okay. every time Vegas flips, but for, for right now, I'm holding strong. Flippity flip. That's right. Oh, right. I'm also joined by another former co-host of the podcast. He's family. He's on uh, the Eye on College Basketball podcast. He produces it. He is our college basketball expert on this podcast. He is not a Edwards, not a I, – I know you know college basketball, but mm-hmm. I also know you – more than anyone that I know has their <laughs> finger on the pulse of this Charlotte Hornets fan base uh, on social media. If the Hornets trade this pick tonight, Nada, what will their reaction be? I'm not going to say what the reaction is going to be. All I know is I'm just going to delete my account. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Like, like five wow. five seconds in. Wow. Delete the account. I think, we all, I think we all need a break. I've been on Twitter yes. nonstop. Yes. We uh, all need a it's time for we a break. We all need to touch grass and go somewhere else. Well, Locked On Hornets is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and daily wherever you get podcasts, including on YouTube, where we are live right now and we're going to be live through an hour after this pick gets made. Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller, who's it going to be? I've already been perusing the YouTube chat. You guys are all over it already. I saw someone named Sam that had a profile picture that was just a black dot say that they've talked to MJ and the pick, they've informed him that the pick is going to be Brandon Miller. So you heard it here first. Insider information. Sam on YouTube has talked to Michael Jordan. (laughs) It's as good as anything we've gotten, yeah. guys. Uh, right. It, I mean, no, that's as good as anything we've gotten from Phony Gavoni, from Kevin O'Conn, man, uh, from Wacky Woj. I mean, you can't trust any <laughs> of this stuff. Now, you can trust Shams, I think, because Shams had some good yeah, info yeah, on Scoot. Yeah, that's the one guy you, yeah, can trust, one guy you guys can trust if, if, you like, if you like Scoot. Now, if you're watching this right now, you're going to notice we are in some really nice digs. We're coming to you from the Everybody Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, the premier creative studio for audio, video, and podcast projects. Everybody Studios is a production company that creates fresh, high-quality, engaging podcasts for businesses, organizations, and individuals. 
They know that podcasting is a powerful medium that can be used as a highly effective and efficient marketing tool to connect with audiences, share stories, and build relationships. Their mission is to help clients create and produce podcasts that achieve their personal and marketing goals and make a positive impact on the Charlotte community. Visit everybodystudios.com. That's E-V-R-Y-B-D-Y studios.com. One more time, E-V-R-Y-B-D-Y studios.com. So I think the decision is obviously Scoot, Henderson or Brandon Miller, what's it going to be? David, do you have the latest for us? What's what's Woj tweeting? What's Shams tweeting? What, what's what's the latest intel on this pick? Yeah, we're trying to keep up with this. And um, our buddy Sean Hyken, who is, uh, has some skin in the game on this mm-hmm. one, who has done uh, Blazers reporting for, for many, many years. The Rose Garden Report. That's right. Uh, he's saying Woj is uh, double, tripling down, saying Charlotte is steadfast. With Brandon Miller, so this is the other angle we've got on this draft. I don't. I, I mean, I'm sure we've seen it in the past, but I don't remember Woj and Shams going head to head. Like, like this, like, this is true. Like, this has been one of those. Like, no, you're right. I'm right. It. It's like grumpy old men, except Shams is like our age. So there's that <laughs> part. But a lot of this does feel like very territorial, and I think we got to establish that. You know what? No one knows anything. We should get the Hornets that. aren't saying anything to anybody. Everything you're hearing right now is from either one of two camps, the Brandon Miller camp or the Scoot Henderson camp. That was the only two people that are saying anything at this point. And if you believe like one of those, okay, cool. But just know that the Hornets haven't officially made anything official yet until about 820. Right. And so instead of speculating on, you know, what, what the Hornets are going to do, I think we should just dive a little deeper into Scoot Henderson, into Brandon Miller Uh, what their games are all about, what the Hornets need in this draft. We're going to talk about the 27th pick as well. I am going to tell you, we do, uh, we did have a prop budget for this show. And so, Oh no. I I brought, I I bought a little something to celebrate uh, whatever (laughs) the pick's going to be. So if it's Brandon Miller, uh, we've got a little Miller light. Yeah. We'll crack, we'll crack that open. If it's Brandon Miller, we have to share that one. We got to share that. Yeah. No, Sipsy's all around. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be like chain (laughs) drinking. What was the budget? Five (laughs) dollars? Have you watched the show? Of course it was five times. Okay. Um, so also, if we uh, draft Scoot, of course, we break the champagne. Wait, hold up. I thought there was supposed to be some kind of balance in, in this and everything else like that. Uh, no, no balance. Uh, this is not fair or balanced. This is uh, our show, and uh, we do whatever we want to. You know that. Uh, sure. And it hasn't been balanced, uh, by the way, from the fan base either. I put another poll on uh, YouTube uh, <laughs> earlier today asking, you know, is it Scoot? Is it Brandon? Who is the best player available? And last time I looked, there were over 300 votes on that poll, and 77% of people think that Scoot Henderson is the best player available. And so I think we start there with Scoot Henderson – uh, uh, David, do you believe that Scoot Henderson is the best player available among him and Brandon Miller? And why do you believe that? Yeah, I like Scoot more. Um, and I like Brandon Miller, too, as well. But I do think Scoot has the higher ceiling. Uh, I think he jumps off the page at you a little bit more, um, has to work on the shot. But to me, has fewer things that he's got to continue to work on uh, in the NBA than does Brandon Miller. Um, but uh, you know, Miller gives you the shooting, right? Yep, I mean, does. shooting goes a long way. That should not be devalued, especially in this day and age. Our guy, my guy, Pat, Pat Riley, to you guys. Yeah, um, yes. Now, Coach, in, Coach Riley, <laughs> show him some respect. This yeah, exactly. is absurd. Down in Miami, you know, he basically said as much. They're looking – every team in the league is looking for a guy yeah. like Brandon Miller, 6'9 guy, can defend, can get on the wing, 
and, and brings that scoring. So uh, I still like Scoot. I, I think he is, um, by all accounts and all the folks that have been watching him, you know, uh, somewhat of a generational talent. If he can, if he can dial in the shooting, uh, that will be the last phase of his game. Uh, but you know, guys, this is the draft. This is the NBA draft, yeah. and there's still question marks for both of them. Um, if you're in the Hornets' position, I still think the intangibles that Scoot brings in the locker room, being a leader, his business-like approach, uh, gives him the edge for me, along with the, all the other stuff. Okay, Troy on the chat saying, "Doug, show us your Scoot tattoo." Um, I can't. Um, well, <laughs> oh, YouTube geez. would block this video if I showed you where okay. I have my Scoot toot. Um, and <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Uh, Steven on the chat saying, Coach Riley, sir. Guys, listen, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, streets of Charlotte, Pat, I got a hello, and uh, he asked me for directions. So I feel like we're close. And Thousand Eyes 85 says, I think Miller will surprise y'all. This actually is one of the more balanced uh, panels that we have on this show or that we've had on this show. We have this one Brandon Miller because we have this one <laughs> single person who Wait, hold, likes hold, Brandon hold, Miller. Hold, 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 hold. <laughs> Over, oh, I say we all like Brandon Miller, yeah. but he likes Brandon. I think you like, is it fair to say, I won't, I won't put words in your yeah. mouth, is it fair to say you like Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson? No. Okay. That is. See, here's Sorry, the guys. thing. Then you. Then your Twitter is. I think your Twitter doesn't represent how you feel. Then. I've. Are you two different people? Are you one person in real life and one person on Twitter? Don't who tell me that. Who would do that? No, come no, on. No, no, no. <laughs> but here's the thing, and I, I want to establish this. I don't know, but the thing that I have basically been trying to say for at least the last seventy-two hours is, everybody I've talked to, either thinks they're on the same tier. They are on, they are equally talented. There are things that I do worry about with Scoot. The defense thing, yep. like having those two, LaMelo Ball, who really doesn't necessarily care about defense, and then you have Scoot Henderson that really showed that he really didn't care either. Like, well, I think gonna... that's unfair. I think that's unfair. I don't think he showed that he didn't care. I mean, I think that there were plays that you could point to that say, hey, he wasn't like 100% committed, but there were also moments when uh you know he was a steel machine he was using those long arms to his advantage I, I keep saying this his block timing is incredible it makes up for the fact that he might be on the shorter end of what you would want out of a guard in the modern nba That's his fair. his timing on blocks is amazing and i think once he makes that jump once the games this is for scoot henderson this has always been the end game now he may have mm -hmm. taken a, a slightly different path than brandon uh miller but this has always been the end game for Scoot. He always knew he would get here. And once he gets here, I think he turns everything up to 11. And honestly, I think more so than Brandon Miller, Scoot is going to raise everyone's level of intensity. When, when a well, guy like yeah, that steps yeah. on the court and into the locker room and starts screaming after a made after he makes his first mid-range shot like Scoot did in that game against Victor Wibanyama, yeah. that gets everybody hyped. That's why I love Scoot. Now, would you say cuz he kind of he kind of, you know, has gone his own path. He could be this could be the new way to do it. Would you say he's been a a trailblazer? <laughs> no, well I would not done. say that. I, I don't you dare say that. Not yet anyway. Don't you dare say Very, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, but to Doug's point, that that is the thing that I was kind of putting out there this week. 
I'm more surprised that hasn't gotten more traction just within the talks, right? Like, because to us, Charlotte has needed somebody in that locker room who is a culture changer, True. who is a leader. Now, yes, he's 19 years old. That's some of the blowback I got. I get that. But this is it's also a young a team. It's, it's a, a young it's team. A, it's a and young team. And nobody stepped up. No, if, if somebody, I'm sorry, I'm stealing no, no. your point. Go ahead. No, Walker. I know how Walker feels. Now. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Um, I'm, I'm excited. This is great. Right, look look there, at what we're doing here. It, it, it's there for the taking. And it seems like from everything we know about Scoot, right? And, mm-hmm. and on some level, we just don't know as much about Brandon Miller because Scoot's had the articles out. He's had Scoot's had PR the PR game. team. Yeah, like l- let's let's be fair here. The PR team has done wonders for Scoot yeah. Anderson, and he's talked to basically everybody except you guys. Okay, but it's not just that Scoot had yeah, the Scoot, PR the team. Heck? Scoot, for right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where yeah, where were you, Scoot? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I keep trying to call your phone, and you keep changing your number. Uh, no, Scoot has the PR team, but also Scoot had the opportunities to have PR because of True. Brandon Miller's off-the-court situation. Yep. Because anytime he got in front of cameras, the rare times that he was in front of cameras, he had to say, I can't talk about that. And it looks bad to say, I can't talk about that. And, and then he has to move on to something else. And so I think you finally saw – a little bit of Brandon Miller's personality come out in that NBA <laughs> combine, <laughs> and he kind of steps in it by saying that Paul George is, is his goat. Is, the, is his goat. And but everyone Michael it, Jordan old. I mean, it was a bold strategy. Listen, it's a great strategy we'll if you really want to annoy him. <laughs> we'll see if it works out. Uh, let's take a but We're going to dive deep into Brandon Miller. We're going to talk more about Scoot Henderson on this show as well. But I want to take a step back and just talk about the draft from a 30,000-foot perspective. The Hornets mm. have a lot of picks in this draft, okay? It's not just number two. They've got number 27. I, I want We've got a 27 big board that we'll get to a little bit later, and they've got a ton of second-round picks. We know Mitchie loves his second-round picks. I don't know if – listen, if Mitch is not long for this team, I wonder if we're going to go back to that Rich Cho era of – Rich Cho hated second-round picks, despised them, mm. got rid of them at all costs, and then it flipped when Mitch Kupchak came in. We've got three of them now, 34 that they got via Philadelphia and Atlanta, 39 from Utah via New York, and 41 from Oklahoma City via New York and Boston. Now, Mitch Kupchak in his press conference before this draft did say that uh, they you know, might not use all of those picks, and that would be very Kupchakian. Um, he likes to package picks for other picks. Sometimes he likes to package picks for worse picks for some reason. I don't know why he does that, uh, but sometimes he does that. So Maybe we'll find out tonight. Well, yeah, exactly. We'll see, pick. we'll see some movement, and, and I think it brings me to my – I don't know if this is a bold take. I don't know if it's a not-so-bold take. Let me hear take. this one. But I think if I had one take, uh, one prediction to make, because I don't know what the heck they're going to do with this second pick – but one prediction would be I think they find a way to package some of these picks and Terry Rozier yeah. to a team to, to move off the contract, and and especially if the decision is Scoot. Like if that news breaks before the second round, the, the second overall pick, then I think it's absolutely going to be Scoot because you're making room. But even if they take Miller, mm-hmm. I think there's room to deal and, 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 and clear up the yeah. books a little bit. Because here's the thing. They might need to make some moves – this offseason, this is not just draft and you're done. It could be draft and then make some free agency moves. It hasn't been very like Mitch Kupchak, but hey, there's an ownership change. You never know. And it would start with moving that contract. I think I absolutely agree with you. And it's kind of why I think there's been so much secrecy because there's been, there are so many things that are tied to this pick. If you, No matter who you're drafting, you still have to make a decision on Ubre, who looks like he's out. You still have to make a decision on P.J. Washington, who, looked like he's, who looks like he's in. Gordon Hayward's in the final year of his deal. If you can move Terry Rozier, it kind of helps you to do that, especially since you still need to figure out 
What do you have in Book Night? What do you have in Bryce McGowan's, who looks yoked right now? I, I mean, <laughs> who doesn't? Well, yeah, that, we're already in no, that he season. Does, he, does. he does, though. We're <laughs> already in that season. We we're got muscle there, watch. We got that so early. We haven't even gotten through that. You can't. We cannot be in muscle watch until we get through the draft. Like, Why not? What are we doing? I don't. They th- put. Hold on. They put the picture out. I can't. I can't help it if the Hornets put the picture out. There's, I have to comment there's on so it. There's so much projection. We Everybody want... gets mad when they don't put pictures out. Then exactly. They, then they put the picture out. But there's so much projection on here. Uh, you know, the, we want Bryce McGowan's to be stronger, and I and I think he will be. But I don't think we need to jump to muscle watch. Uh, until we get through the draft, let's talk about draft needs for a second. Yeah. What are the Hornets? And I'm not just talking about the second overall, the second overall selection. When when the Hornets leave this draft, you know, wh- what would you be satisfied with? And, and and maybe it's a trade, but but what are some of the qualities of players, whether it be again veterans or people that they take in this draft? What do you want the Hornets to leave with? What do they need in this draft, David? I mean, I'd like to see them to continue to add some depth and some defenders on the wing. Mm. Um, you know, they, they they started to build through that, and and they've got a couple guys in. Uh, you know, depending on where you put Thor, you know, Kai Jones, some guys are still trying to work mm. out, but uh, they're dependent on on uh, Cody Martin to come yeah. back healthy. Uh, but that's kind of it, you know. I mean, yeah. Miles, you got PJ, but they could certainly fill out some of the depth on the wing there. And there's some guys in the draft that uh, I think could do that for him. I think draft needs I'd, – I'd kind of like to see another big to at least push Kai to make sure that he competes for this third center job. I don't think he's going to do as much Greensboro's, Greensboro back and forth. I would love to see a James Najee here. I would love to see a Noah Clowney here to push him, push them. I would love, love to see another wing defender or two. And quite honestly – if Gigi Jackson is there at forty-one, I kind of want—I kind of want them to take the swing because what? worst case scenario, if he misses, it's the forty-first pick in the draft. No big deal, no harm, no foul. I'm seeing a lot of news right now uh, that is about Scoot Henderson. It looks like the Slam Ball Rumble uh, oh, wants dear. Scoot Henderson. A lot of people saying that they're going to get Scoot Henderson. We'll keep an eye on this uh, Slam Ball coming back to ESPN. I think if there's one player you want on a Slam Ball team, it's Scoot Henderson. You know, strong. Yeah. High flyer already, but imagine him on a trampoline. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. It's too great. Okay, um, what a about lot you? of Doug. Doug, yeah. hold on. One, I know you have been long wanting uh, some more point guard depth. Is that your one area you'd like to see? Because I mean, that was another yeah. one for me. Like, if they go scoot, you obviously got it. Uh, yeah. If they don't, then you got to kind of fill in. Maybe. How, how do you guys feel about a Marcus Sasser here? Oh yeah, yeah. He's one of my names uh, for sure. I what think if- he would. One of the names that I would have loved to see, you know, he had he was dealing with some injuries there at the end, you know, tournament wise. I would have loved to see what he could have done in those big pressure situations, but unfortunately, he wasn't kind of able to show uh, what he could do. So yeah, and and that went for a lot of those players. Yeah. Like it Houston was, got ravaged at the end where it was only Jarris yeah. left. I know, uh, but Sasser is an interesting name. You're right. I think point guard depth. I think center depth still. I know they signed Nick Richards. I know we're comfortable with Mark Williams, but those are two young guys, and I think you ought to still. You know, I know Kai Jones is still in the mix too, but I think you still need to. If there's an opportunity, especially in the second round, um, you know, I, I think because I think a lot of the bigs seem to be falling. Yeah. Kind of late in the first round and maybe early in the second round, where the Hornets have a number of picks. I think they could look to upgrade that big depth if they want to. Um, but the point guard situation, I think, is interesting because you do have Dennis Smith Jr. still sitting out there. And I saw a report from Michael Scotto that uh, that the Hornets are interested in retaining or bringing back Miles Bridges, retaining P.J. Washington, 
and Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> I mean, so new ownership. It's probably a mandate from new ownership anyway, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know all those players that uh, have done well in the past? Let's bring those players back. Um, that might be a great idea. Um, okay, there's there's a question that we have to address. I don't want to address it. We've addressed it a lot oh over the past couple of weeks, but it is coming up in the chat over and over, so we would be remiss if we don't talk about it. And, and I don't think it's going to get talked a, a, a lot. Uh, they won't talk to it in some of the national shows. And it's this question. If the Hornets draft Scoot Henderson, uh, does that mean the end of LaMelo Ball in Charlotte? <laughs> I don't – listen, I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's a ridiculous question, uh, but we have to answer it because a lot of people are asking it on the chat. So, you know, deal I'm with surprised it. you uh, didn't laugh at that out loud, too. Like, you would have had, I thought you would have had something, some bit to make fun of it, to skewer it, Doug. I thought you wouldn't have given it any oxygen. Well, let's, well, let's go to Walker. Uh, Walker, <laughs> do you think that Scoot Henderson uh, means the end of LaMelo Ball in Charlotte? Oh wow! Yes, oh, wow. Walker said. Yes. Walker wow. nodding his head. Yes, wow. wow. That's Walker Mail on Twitter. Um, if you feel differently, definitely let him know. He's right now. He's at uh, Thomas Davis's bar doing uh, Wesson Walker, a special edition of Wesson Walker pre-draft. Um, so we are going head to head right now. So, Ooh. oh yeah, boy, it's getting saucy. Shams, Woj, us, Walker. I, I mean, know. this is uh, three on one. Yeah. Uh, but I will say this: um, if Scoot were the pick. Uh, and at some point down the line, that decision would have to be made. Uh, you know, we've seen it been made before. Yes. Uh, the Kings just kind of went through that. Uh, both these players would still have tremendous value. Yes. In a point guard, you know, in, in a guard-driven league, uh, two point guards who can get things done and make people better. So, you know, that's just maybe it, perhaps another reason if you want to uh, throw one into the scoot column why he'd be a good addition. Uh, but I think together they would be hell on wheels coming at any other team uh, on the fast break, or, or they'd pose a lot of problems uh, for other teams on defense. I don't disagree with that, but the question I ask anyone for this backcourt is how much more effective does LaMelo Ball get with the ball out of his hands, maybe 5%, 10% less? Does that make the team better overall, or are you kind of like stunting both of their growths by doing this? That's the that's the thing that I worry about the most with a Scoot Lamelo backcourt is at some point one of those guys is gonna have to be the alpha. Yeah. And at this point, now granted, the way it looks, it may end up being Scoot, but Lamelo has shown to be this all-world point guard. I kind of worry about transitioning him from that to to almost a Luka Doncic role. Kind of worries me a little bit. We've seen Lamelo play off ball. True. And it's been really, really good, right? Um, so I, I think that there's that factor. I also think this. If LaMelo leaves Charlotte, there are going to be a number of factors that play in that decision. It's not going to be solely because of whatever uh, yeah. happens with Scoot. And here's the thing. If it, if it comes down to Scoot and LaMelo and one's got to go, then the Charlotte Hornets can make that decision at that time, and they're going to keep the best player. People keep pointing to this Sacramento Kings situation, right? Where yeah, they got some bonus out of it, though. That's, but that's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. When you draft mm -hmm. the best player and that player plays well, even if the team isn't doing, even if the team isn't reaching their max potential, because you know what, it's taking a little bit away from both players. 
then you fix that, but you can fix that because all of a sudden you have a player that is a valuable commodity on the NBA market, and you can then get your team where it needs to be. That's what Sacramento did. When you get into this weird kind of fit thing, that's when you run into trouble because that, and the Hornets have done that in the past, and they've ended up with substandard talent. If they go with Miller, I hope it's because, again, they've seen something that we haven't seen because they won't show it to us <laughs> and they won't put them on camera. Um, but I hope that they, they've seen something that we haven't seen that indicates to them that Brandon Miller is not headed for Paul George. He's not headed for uh, Brandon Ingram, but he is heading towards that Jason Tatum ceiling where it's like, hey, this guy can get us to an NBA Finals at least. Um, you can get in the conversation, and then you got to worry about can he take you over the hump. But, I mean, we would love the hump at this point. You can quote me on that. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, this back and forth, this uh, draft, you know, a couple weeks, it feels like months. But the, the, Years. It has been, yeah, it's been insane. Yeah. And one of the things I, I didn't like about the discourse, there was a lot not to like about it or that just got irritating. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons people did not like the LaMelo and Scoot potential fit was them guessing how LaMelo would react to that. And I always looked at that like, I haven't seen anything from LaMelo since he's been here that says anything other than he just wants to win. And that's fair. Like, literally, he he deals with Terry Rozier, who takes a lot, up a lot of usage. Right. Undersized guy that can shoot but really can't defend. And has, like, LaMelo's worked with that. Scoot's not going to be the issue. Like, and it goes back to something that Doug just said. If you're going to take Brandon Miller, you're taking it because he's a superior talent. I think the problem that I – and I, this is the main concern I have with a Brandon Miller – it's going to take some time for him to be effective. He needs two years minimum strength training because 90% of his issues, the low f- field goal percentage mm-hmm. at the rim, a lot of his dribbling issues, a lot of that is he can't. he's not strong enough to keep his man off of him. So you're talking about a guy that for at least the first year, year and a half, is probably going to end up being your d- designated perimeter shooter. Now, that being said, he's automatically – number one or number two in terms of your shooters on this roster if he's drafted. So he does fix an immediate need. But if you're talking about being the Tatum long-term, that's not coming for at least two years. Part of me feels like Brandon Miller came into that second workout and just absolutely set the nets on fire. Like just like – like some like Curry level, you know, I I was listening to a podcast, I think it was a Ringer podcast, and it talked about, you know, this – um, no, it was uh, Basketball Illuminati. They were talking about Scoot's workouts with Steph Curry. And Steph Curry would start the workout and they would do like a shoot till <laughs> right, you, right, you know, right, shoot till you yeah. miss. And Curry would hit 60 in a row. And, and you know, Scoot. <laughs> After not Steph, having Steph would like hit 60. Weeks. Right. Steph would hit 60 in a row. Scoot would then like shoot five and miss one and just be like, what? And, and you know, trainers had to tell him, yeah, Steph's been doing this a while, right? Yeah. But I just feel like Brandon, came, you know, I have a sneaking suspicion that Brandon came into that second workout and just shot the the nets on fire. And if you listen to like Jay Billis, who has been hyping up Brandon Miller a lot, he really goes to the shooting piece. And there's no doubt everyone needs shooting. The Hornets didn't shoot the ball well last year. There's a little context to that because they yeah. had a lot of injuries two years ago. You know, they shot it uh, pretty well from yeah. three. They're going to add some more talent uh, from long range. You would have to think they're going to replace Kelly Oubre maybe with some additional shooting Julian as well. Julian Strother comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's another, you know, second round, possible second round option or late first round. Um, so we'll have to see. In a few minutes, we're going to talk to uh, Nick Carboni from WCNC. He is not phony Carboni. He's the real deal, and he's at <laughs> – 
the cable box. He is at Spectrum Center right now, so he's going to give us um, some live reporting. I mean, how lucky are we to get a little CNC love uh, from Carboni? It's going to be great. But first, I got to tell you about uh, a company that has been with us for for a good while now, and they're a great company. It's Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, their shorts make you look good. They make even uh, me look good. And I'm going to tell you something. I love my body. I don't think there's anything wrong with my body. But I don't, I don't have much of a booty. I'm going to admit it on this podcast. I don't have a lot of booty. But Bird Dogs makes my booty look good. Uh, Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, uh, but it stretches so you get that way slimmer fit with having, without having to sacrifice movement. And as you'll look, I'm sitting for this podcast, but as you mm-hmm. know, I stand a lot for the podcast. I need that movement. It gets the blood flowing, and I need my bird dogs so that I get all of that movement. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. That's fun to say. Anti-stink sweat <laughs> wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You don't uh, want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Uh, a lot more to get to. We're going to get to Nick in just a moment. Uh, we also have to talk about this 27th pick. I Just fire off some names to me right now, if they keep the 27th. Yeah. Actually, let's start there. Before we start firing off names and getting all excited about the possibility of maybe Jame Jaquez Jr. falling somehow to 27, or, you know, what are some other names? City Sissoko. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are Leonard Miller. I mean, there are a lot of exciting mm-hmm. names there at 27. But before we get excited, what do you think the odds are that the Hornets actually keep this 27th pick? Low, low. It like for me, we already know that they have a lot of needs and a lot of people on this roster as it is. It feels like it's easier to trade off twenty seven and then sign the three second rounders to two way contracts, similar to a Bryce McGowan's. That way, it maximizes your roster flexibility. So I feel like twenty seven has been gone for a while now. It's just a matter of if. They keep it depending on who falls down. If that's a Derek Whitehead, if that's a Leonard Miller, maybe even a Jet Howard who's not really supposed to be there. Right, Guys like that, it makes a lot more sense to keep the pick, but I feel like it's a low chance, low low probability that they actually keep this pick. Okay, David, hold, uh, David, hold your thought on that. I know you've got something extremely smart to say. You've got a huge brain. Uh, people don't know this, but his Big brain problem. actually reaches up halfway to the 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 poof in his hair, right? It's a, like the forehead doesn't stop; it just keeps going, and it's so he's got whole, intelligence by osmosis. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, speaking of someone who is highly intelligent, much more intelligent than we are, it's Nick Carboni from WCNC. He is at the Spectrum Center right now, uh, where I imagine people are just raging right now, trying to figure out who is going to be the pick. Is it going to be Scoot Henderson? Is it going to be Brandon Miller? Nick, how are you, my friend? I'm good. You'd take that uh, back, what you said about my intelligence, if you saw me try to dial into the show. It was not <laughs> pretty, boop, but I'm here. Beep, boop. Okay, well, we're glad you're here. Um, Nick, tell us, what's the scene like at uh, Spectrum Center right now? Well, I'm kind of walking as close as I can to the floor to give you guys a bit of an audio experience without having to be too loud. But uh, there's a decent amount of fans. I mean, there's a lot of fans in the lower bowl at Spectrum Center right now. We've got a big party going on on the court. I can yell. 
I see Muggsy. Uh, there's a good amount of fans here. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what their reaction is going to be when that second pick comes in. We're certainly going to capture that uh, because, you know, <laughs> it, it could be a house divided when that happens. <laughs> Well, where's your where's your head at on this pick right now, Nick? I'm, I'm not. I, I want you to take the reporter hat off for a second and just give me, you know, your basketball scouting hat. You've had an opportunity to look at these two guys. You've you've seen a little. T- I know you're not like you know Mr. Ultra Scout guy, but I'm sure you've watched some tape. I mean, what 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 do you think right now, Scoot Brandon? What, what what do you think would be the better pick for the Hornets at this point? Yeah, and it's also who you get a sense of when I, I always love like in the Panthers pre-draft process and the Hornets, you know watching interviews with some of these guys mm-hmm, and seeing mm-hmm. how they come across and seeing kind of what, what makes them tick. And to me, that's the difference between uh, drafting Scoot Henderson, which I would, and drafting Brandon Miller. I think Scoot's got this extra gear to him, it's this extra competitiveness, this extra leadership quality that this team could really use regardless of position. And then you go in and you just look at some of the you know, the G League highlights, the workouts that we have been able to see, especially Portland, I kind of reviewed that one. I mean, the guy is so explosive uh, and, and athletic. He's got a mid-range jumper. Don't we all think and know he, he can extend that out at some point and be at least a threat? Plus, if you bring him in here, LaMelo is shooting 38% from three, which none of us thought would happen. Uh, and, and he's three years in his career. So I think that's what he is at this point, And that's great. And so that's how they can play off of each other. So if you can't tell, yes, I would, I would pick Scoot Henderson. And putting, back, putting my reporter hat back on, I am not as convinced <laughs> as some are that it is going to be Brandon Miller tonight. I really, really? haven't been because the Hornets, the Hornets haven't they – ha, they are not responsible for any of this information. I'm convinced of that because right. Lord knows we've all tried. Uh, so, <laughs> listen, it could be Brandon Miller. I think Woj is still kind of pounding that, pounding that. But I'm just not convinced we're not going to hear Scoot Henderson tonight. Uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe it's wishful thinking. But, you know, with, when, when everything comes out, when the trade rumors come out and all that, and the, the odds are shifting, I know, so, I know that's not from the Hornets. I know it's not from this building. So uh, that, that, to me, means it's a toss-up going into this pick. Yeah, Nick, you've been following this all along as we have, and it's been a roller coaster ride with really one kernel that snowballed out of control it seemed like how can do you have any explanation for how that happened because because to your point the hornets doesn't seem like they leak anything but it really took on a life of its own of its own especially in the last like 48 hours do you uh, contribute that to anything or just noise well it's funny because we weren't at the workouts nobody was nobody outside of the organization were at the workouts and that seems to be where there would be okay well the workout went like this well, the workout went like that. And Brandon Miller came in and he did this, his second, second go-round. I don't think that's coming from the team. I think that's coming from agents uh, and, and perhaps other sources. But I just don't read too much into what happened at those workouts. And we know that those workouts apparently are vitally important to Mitch Kupchak and, and obviously Michael Jordan as well. So it, it seemed to be centered around the workouts and how those went because it lended itself to that because there was so much mystery around them because nobody was allowed in the building for them, and they're one of the only teams that did it that way. Now, Nick, one thing um, that I know we you probably were there for, but Mitch's presser yesterday, it was kind of unclear yeah. who's actually making <laughs> that decision because it seemed like at first it was, oh, Michael's making the decision. Oh, now it's now it's me. I have input. Mitch said it was me. Who do you think is actually making this final decision for this pick? 
Yeah, let me give you exact quotes in order. First, it was, I'm making the pick. That was Mitch Kupchak. <laughs> okay. Several minutes later, Michael has final say. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think looking at all of the quotes, looking at the transcripts, you know, listening to it again, a couple times in there, Mitch does say, you know, we, we talk, we talk extensively about it. Michael defers to me in the end. And that they agree, according to Mitch Kupchak, they agree more than they disagree on player evaluation. Now, the track record between, you know, yeah. before yeah. Mitch was here and after would, would not lead you to believe that, uh, but that's what he said. So I do think Mitch Kupchak ultimately is making the pick, but, you know, what's he going to do if Michael Jordan is hell-bent on picking one guy over another? I mean, it's Michael Jordan. He's the greatest of all time, and he still owns this basketball team tonight. So, you know, I think it's Mitch Kupchak uh, because he's the one putting in all the work, uh, you know, we, we all know Michael hasn't been around as much lately and, you know, had, had to kind of fly back in just to see that final workout. So Mitch has done all the legwork. I would hope Jordan would defer to him in the end. And according to Mitch Kupchak, that's kind of how it's going to work. Uh, Nick, uh, I need to know, what does your reporter hat look like? What are we working with here? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's goofy as hell. Okay. I can't. I, I. That's that's all I can say. Well, is it great? Well, is it, it is yeah. it Grady Dick draft uniform goofy? Like, oh, I mean, are we talking sequins? Look like that. Have you guys seen the memes with him and uh, what's the guy from Righteous Gemstones? BJ. I mean, it's <laughs> BJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I want absolutely you, fantastic. I want you. Um, I've got an assignment for you. Um, if you're brave enough, okay. I want you to take your reporter hat off. I want you to put your TV personality hat on, and I want you to walk around Spectrum Center. And I'd like you uh, to ask people's opinion on who they think the Hornets should take at not number two, but number 27. Um, and a lot of people aren't going to know. 41. Right, 41. Even better, even better. Even better. <laughs> 41. Okay, we're, we're workshopping this. We're getting there, though. Okay, 41. Yeah. But people are not going to know the names. So I would like you to help them out and feed them <laughs> names of former vice presidents. Fictional I need you to, names, okay. No, not fictional. <laughs> I want you to feed them names of vice okay, presidents. Okay. Say, listen, yeah. do you, who do you like better, Levi Morton or Charles Fairbanks? <laughs> Oh, jeez. Or, you know, if you really want to throw a wrench into it, have you guys been scouting Dan Quayle at all in the pre-draft process? He's fantastic. That's right. Can't listen. You, he, you, might, you he, might get that, too. He probably played at Ignite because we know, you know, he couldn't spell well. He's not, not necessarily, you know, uh, somebody that was made for college. Wow. So, uh, yeah, ask about Garrett Hobart's wingspan. That's what I would like you uh, to do mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. and see what you come up with. So, uh, listen, um, I'm that sorry. Be, that's not bad. I'm sorry for giving you homework, but this is the listen. You chose to be on the show, and that's what this—that's <laughs> your choice. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Nick, uh, for spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, catch Nick on WCNC. He's going to have full reports on vice president names and who the Hornets select at number two. Thanks, Nick. Going to be a tough one to explain to the boss, but anything. <laughs> to you See you guys. Oh, I like geez. it. I think it's a great idea. It is a great idea. Because no one really knows. Everybody does this YouTube scouting up until, like, pick 32, 33. And then absolutely nobody, nobody knows. No, nobody knows, but the brilliance of all of those man-on-the-street segments is that you always get someone who's like, oh, Charles Dawes, I love him. Great crossover, you know, <laughs> super athletic, uh, can, can, can jump out of the gym, Charles Dawes. And then you reveal that, no, that was Calvin Coolidge's vice president. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Okay, we've got a lot to get to, including uh, this 27th pick for real, because I know the people uh, that are watching this podcast actually do care about that 27th pick and some of the second rounders, because look, the Hornets have been able to utilize second rounders under the Cup Check era, 
and actually turn those players into, I don't know if you would want to call them significant contributors, but I think any contribution you get, any serious minutes you get from a second-round player um, is somewhat um, significant. So we want to get to those second-round sleepers as well. But let's focus in on number 27, okay? And we, we I need to get back to David yeah. because we didn't get David's thoughts on whether they would actually keep the pick. Oh, yeah. And then let's go to Nada with some names of some players that he'd like to see them actually take at number 27. So go, David. Yeah, for some reason, I think they will keep the pick. I know they haven't done that in the past, but they brought in, what, 120-some-odd players? The most. Uh, and they've emphasized how important this <laughs> well, offseason well, is. Well, hold on. So Mitch Kupchak said they brought said in. 120, but they, I think they put out like 107. Right. So, so secret workouts. Secret Mitch Kupchak-only workouts. Right, yeah. right. But uh, and they're emphasizing how big this offseason is, and I think there's a lot of talent to be had at the end of that first round. So it wouldn't surprise me uh, to take them. I think uh, to make up for last year, maybe when they had two first round draft picks and they didn't use one. I I, I can defend that one slightly, yeah. but I choose not to because we don't need to reopen old wounds. Oh no, no, we don't need to defend it. I'm just saying at some point it'd be nice to get two first round draft picks. I think, I th- but I I do think w- this is the closest that we're going to come to it. I think if a Jet Howard's there again, Derek Whitehead makes. Way yeah, too much yeah. sense at 27. Jet Howard, if Bryce Sensabaugh somehow makes it to 27, I think he's a guy you have to significantly just take a look at for uh, that. Go go deeper on that. Explain Bryce Sensabaugh to me because I look I look at him and I go, I don't know what does he do well and and like what's like could he really turn into an impact player? Because I look at the body and I go, I don't know if this is the kind of player that the Hornets you know, would be typically targeting with draft picks. Like they haven't gone for, you know, that kind of I think body shape. They've more yeah. looked for like the Jalen McDaniels, like the, the, the six the nine lean, lengthy yes. lean. Yeah. So explain to me what Bryce Sensabaugh is all about. Bryce Sensabaugh is a bucket. Just to, just to start this off, he was put in a horrible situation in Ohio State with Chris Holtman. It was going. It was the Bel Air Academy offense. Pass the ball to Bryce, and he has a lot of shots. He has a very inefficient game, but. Given the coaches here and the possibility of him getting shipped back and forth to Greensboro, he's going to get a lot of those flaws out of his game. He's a very, for me, he is one of those diamond in the rough. I won't call, like, Diet diet Harden feels like a little too much, but I think he can be a solid sixth, seventh man for a very long time that can automatically score. The rest of his game is going to need some polish. But if you're drafting him at 27 rather than, I don't know, 17, 18, 19, you have a lot more time to develop and get those kinks out of his game until he's ready to go. I need to do some cleanup here because I meant to say this at the top of the show, some rules of the game here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when we do these live shows is how we've always done it. We don't wait on the broadcast as we approach. We're almost 15 minutes away from this broadcast on ESPN starting. Absolutely. We don't wait on the broadcast for the pick. If we get word on a trade from Shams or Woj, we're going to share that with you. So if you don't want things tipped, go away. I don't know I don't know what else to tell you. This is just how we do it. We When we see something, we talk about it um, because we know the broadcasts are going to wait, and I know a majority of the audience – actually just wants to hear about the information as we get it. And they're on the phones with us. <laughs> That's right. 
Um, so we've got, and speaking of that, we've got something new from Shams. This was just five minutes ago. Shams saying sources tell him that the Pelicans received a meeting in recent days with none other than Scoot Henderson. New Orleans has pursued a top two, three pick in the NBA draft, but both Charlotte and Portland are so far expressing no interest in moving the pick. Do you think that they're expressing no interest or do you think that they're just not interested in what New Orleans is offering? The latter. I don't think Zion was ever offered. I don't think Ingram was ever offered. I think if Zion was offered, considering the ownership group, I think this deal is done. I think this was a lot of Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado. This is closer to what Danny Ainge would offer for the pick rather than (laughs) an actual fair offer. Yeah, it felt like it had to be one of those two guys. And it, the thing, the weird thing about Zion is, like, if I'm New Orleans, they know him the best. Mm-hmm. And if they're willing to do that, if they're willing to part with a guy who is a top-ten player in the league, can make you a, a contender almost overnight, yeah. and he's 22 years old, and he's got an incentive-laden contract, if they're willing to part with that for somewhat of an unknown, even though good rookies uh, – you know that gives me a little pause, but at the same it time, should. I'm like, if I'm New Orleans, I'm not doing that. No, <laughs> so neither am I. Like, yeah. the thing that I don't understand about there's a lot of this that I don't understand is that we rushed to believe that Zion would be dealt in this. Now, granted, a lot of that probably had to do with his off the court happenings, and he might want to be out. But for the most part, I just don't think that Zion, a guy like Zion, is actually going to be on the table for a number two pick that we may or may not know anything about. And again, I will continue to reiterate this. If Zion was actually at the table, does any of us think Michael Jordan sees that and says, you know what? No, thanks. I'm going to take the mystery box. No. Yeah, or or new owners, right? I mean, that's yeah. a splash. That's a splash. And that's something we don't really know um, over the last 24 hours. I mean, Mitch Kupchak said, you know, hey, they're going to have some sort of a voice yesterday in his presser. How much, we don't know. They're getting up to speed. Yeah. But all the time during during today when, you know, the, the odds were shifting up and down, people were theorizing that they had more of a voice, less of a voice. So we don't know, but uh, that's certainly a splash. And, and you know, new owner syndrome is a real thing. Yeah. Could still happen down the line, but uh, it doesn't feel like Zion was ever a, a realistic opportunity. Well, I think the lack of noise on a trade reinforces something that I believe, which is that this new ownership group is being consulted, just not yeah. on Scoot versus Brandon. I think yeah. they are going to defer to Michael. And Plotkin has been a part of this organization now for exactly his key card works. Right. right. So, like, he has some influence. That's, uh, that's not ridiculous. But I think they're all going to defer to Michael as long as his key card yeah. is gold-plated and well, theirs and is Mitch, just a regular key card. And Mitch and the people who have been doing the work, right? right. I mean, like I said, 120-some-odd workouts. Uh, the new owners certainly haven't been involved in all those. They've had a, a group doing that work. I mean, that's what we theorized when the announcement was made that he was going to sell. Those people are still going to be, for the most part, uh, making this pick and, and have done the work and presenting it to Michael. However you want to, uh, however you want to lay that relationship out, they're going to be the ones making the pick. The, the problem with trading top three picks in the NBA draft is that there are only two rounds. Yep. And so it, it becomes difficult to put packages together because if you're going to trade a number two pick or a number three pick or a number one pick, even if in, even in a non Victor Wimanyama draft, if you're going to trade one of those top three picks, you I think as a team you have to be perceived as the winner. Like you want people saying this team won because they gave up the opportunity 
for the future piece that could be a superstar. And when you talk about draft needs, when you talk about team needs in general for the Charlotte Hornets, they need superstar talent. It's the one thing that this franchise has lacked, and it's the one thing that gets you to the finals. It's what got the Nuggets there. It's what got the the Bucks there. You have to have superstar talent in this league. You can't have three all-stars. you got to have one player that can get, can lift your boat in, in those playoff series that get really tough. They haven't had that, and so if you're going to give up that opportunity to find that, then you have to make sure that the return is mega. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why this has been so stressful for Hornets fans. They see the opportunity with Scoot. Uh, his ceiling is maybe superstar. It just hasn't. It's just been so dire here since it's come yeah. back, right? And it just has not had that feeling in so so long. And this time, you there 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 will be no one to blame but themselves. Like in a lot of these draft picks, yeah, you could land off on a bad class or you know a, a bad fall or just bad luck or bad luck didn't exactly. work out. But this time, you basically have the first pick. <laughs> you can choose whomever you want outside of Wimbenyama uh, to add to your team, and, and and that's why people are so uh, are holding on to this so tight. I I, I don't blame anybody for yeah. holding on to this very tight. I also would say because I've talked to enough people, like the there is a gap. Everyone I've talked to is has said there's a gap. Victor's by himself, clearly. Yep. Scoot, Brandon. Second class gap, everybody else, the Thompson twins, Cam Whitmore. There's a lot of people that think that this class, the superstar class, stops at three. And I, that's oh, yeah. where I kind of want people to relax. I think this is a win win situation. I know we're not used to that, but I do think no matter who the pick is going to be, they're going to be fine. They're going to be just fine. It's just going to be a issue of delayed gratification, if anything. Scoot may show up as soon as the jump shot shows up. Brandon Miller, once the strength functional strength shows up, he'll be fine. It's just one of those things like we just may have to wait on the delayed gratification part. Well, I mean, I agree with that. And I think one of the reasons that I've been on the Scoot wagon is because when I when I shift my focus into the future, when I imagine these guys developing in the Hornet system – I asked myself a question, which is like, who has the easiest road to to fix all of those issues and get to the place where they are a superstar talent? And I just think Scoot has the easier road to get there. I think the things that Brandon um, has to do, we were we were all honestly legitimately shocked when Jason Tatum did them when he learned how to handle the basketball. We were like, oh, I mean, Jason Tatum was heading for where I think a lot of us fear that Brandon might head. Um, which is into that sort of mushy middle of like, yeah, he's got a couple of all-stars, but he's not really threaten, threatening to be sort of that superstar talent. Um, so it's, it's handling the basketball. It is putting on the weight, which is always – it's always a danger yeah, when a guy a comes one. in undersized because you are betting – you're not only betting on the commitment. And I think from from what I've read – you know, I, I love Scoot's intensity and I love his commitment, but I think Brandon also has that same drive. He he wants to be great. I don't. I think what what has been a shame is because of the situation in Alabama, he has not had the opportunity to get out in front of cameras and tell his story. But I think from from what I've read, this guy wants to be great just like Scoot. But when you're dealing with guys that are undersized. It's not just about their want to. Sometimes the bodies just don't happen. 
And then sometimes you get a Giannis where it does, where it all, where it surprisingly happens. Well, Giannis, again, we got to remember Giannis filled out because of poverty. Like that dude was kind of undernourished. And then when he got to a place where he got three square meals a day, he grew into some, he grew into a physical freak. That may happen with Brandon Miller. That you get him into a NBA work, workout program where he puts on muscle. Again, we saw we just saw what one year does for Bryce McGowan's. I think again, I think Brandon Miller needs two years in the strength training program. But I think that there are skills that translate immediately. Necessary, just mainly the shot, but also the playmaking. I think those two things will work out in such a great manner early on. It's just, can we be patient for the superstar stuff? Kevin O'Conn, man, is at it again, folks. Switching the mock draft for the second time today, going from Brandon to Scoot, and now back to Brandon. He is riding on the wings of shams at this point. Uh, Talk about a sham. This is unbelievable. Well, the Uh, one thing that I will say concerns me from the need to put weight on uh, area is Lamella still needs to put on some weight. If he can, I don't know. That um, that's one thing I would. I wonder if new ownership, and how would I put this nicely, an investment yeah. into the strength training yeah. program, yeah, maybe might actually fix that because as we've heard, there are going to be new investments into the Hornets with this new ownership group. Maybe strength training is one of them because it's. I think it's kind of a theme right now, where the strength training program has, I won't say failed, but it has merely disappointed a bunch of the young guys when it comes to the NBA program in in Charlotte. Carolina RN7 coming on the chat saying Miller will have an ankle or knee injury if he doesn't get big quick. Well, here's the thing. If he gets big too quick, then there's other injury concerns as well. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's when I talk about the treacherous road that he may face. Um, whereas I think Scoot is essentially fully formed and has been playing pro basketball for two years. That's just my argument. That's an argument. I've heard other great arguments for Brandon Miller. That's what makes this decision so difficult. I truly believe that the people in the war room are are really being tested right now. They they yeah. are they don't they don't have a firm idea of what to do because this decision uh, is so difficult. It's not cut and dry. You are making a bet. We have to remember that whatever this pick is, when we find out in a couple of minutes. They are making a bet. They are not making a right or wrong choice because so much of it is out of their hands. It's, it, it becomes the moment they make the pick, it becomes in Scoot's hands or it becomes in Brandon Miller. You are not betting on a basketball player. You are betting on a person. I think we have to remember that. In a few minutes, uh, we are going to sort of shift our whole focus into covering the first few minutes of this draft. When we find out, we'll find out Victor Webinyama goes one. And then we got to figure out a whole other thing when the Hornets <laughs> yes. select two. Maybe they trade it. It's going to get super exciting. Before we go to break, though, I want to check in with the amazing crew that we have. Uh, Liz in the production booth right now. Liz, how you doing? Can you are you are you near a microphone? <laughs> oh man, I think you caught her off guard. Oh, that's we're okay. doing great. Okay, yeah, we well, go. no, I don't. I, I mean, uh, that's good that you're doing great. I would actually like to know how we're doing. Can you give us a review of the show? Yeah, I mean, I can't. I, mean, I care about how you're doing, but I also I care more about how we're doing. Y'all are doing awesome. That's great. You know, uh, Liz, uh, by by default, becomes the most skilled and talented person we've ever had on this show. <laughs> like, right, you know, I, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, it's been a rough road, but we've got some good people behind this show, and we're super excited about it. So uh, very quickly, before we go to break, have we – a very quick answer, yes or no. Have we learned anything, and does anything pre-draft matter? Oh, no. This was all a <laughs> sham. 
uh, this entire hour if you were with us. Thank you very much. But we, we don't. We didn't know anything. You can't even get twenty four hours. They ago. know what they came here for. They came to kick it with us. Okay, we're gonna get some water, uh, maybe a quick workout. We'll squeeze a quick workout in, and then let's the next get some of that Miller Lite too. Okay, yeah, we'll have a few of these Miller Lights, and we'll come back, and we will cover uh, who the Hornets select. Is it gonna be Scoot Henderson? Is it gonna be Brandon Miller? Stick with us live here on YouTube. This is Locked On Hornets. Let's do it.